0: You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We, the, nerd. Bunch of nerds. Welcome to Nerd. We talk all things. Starters, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 305. Where we're discussing the Peacemaker debut episodes, Moon Knight trailer, and a Batgirl costume reveal. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Carlos. And man, look, I am so excited for this episode because we get to talk about Peacemaker. The show that was sat right on top of my most anticipated list is delivering in a serious way. And we're going to talk about... Those first three episodes, our favorite parts, what this is doing to that entire TV show genre itself. Okay, like it's 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 evolving it so rapidly, so wildly, and I can't wait to to discuss it here in just a few minutes. We're also gonna discuss a brand new Moon Knight trailer that dropped on us yesterday during some football game, but yes, it is up, of course on youtube and all over twitter and that i don't know why they do these drops in the middle of games because it's up on youtube right away but we get to talk about mark specter and what that show is going to look like dropping here at the end of march making march an even bigger month than it already was with the batman dropping there and Batgirls. girls speaking about the bat family we had a lot of fun talking about this last week and we got our first costume reveal from leslie grace showing the duds of what is bound to be one of the biggest hbo max movies maybe theatrical movies of 2023 i cannot wait to get dive into that a little more because my oldest was super excited about that reveal and i can't wait to talk about that a little more but carlos just you and me this week just like last week a little bit calmer a little less chaos in the world but man how you doing
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I had to laugh how uh, we were a little late starting our record, and you're the guy with like 97 balls in the air. <laughs> but we were late because uh, I got sucked into Jurassic World Evolution and lost
0: <laughs> track of time. Hey, man, if you're gonna be late to the show, that's an appropriate way to do it. You know, that's a that's a Tim approved. If you're out there doing a little bit of the world.
1: Yeah, well, I had to I had to care for the dinos. I had a disease outbreak, and uh, that. It just goes to show how much I care that I was a few minutes late to jump in <laughs>
0: on the computer. Well, as long as all those dimes are all right, and uh, we can get going here. So, man, let's let's do it. Let's jump into This Week in Nerd. All right, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Nerd. This is our weekly news segment. Where we discuss the latest and greatest from the world of nerd. And, of course, we can't go any further in this episode – without talking about peacemaker james gunn's peacemaker the spin-off tv show that dropped on hbo max last week that is a direct sequel really to the suicide squad that dropped this past august also written and directed by james gunn now carlos we had pretty high expectations walking into this show from what john cena was able to put to screen the potential for this being a rated R and HBO Max series, and also James Gunn behind this, directing it, writing it, and really developing this out of a love and passion for the character and for the on-set dialogue that he had with John Cena and really spun this out really out of nowhere, it seems. But the first three episodes, and I love that they did this, a big chunk of the show dropped. But man, first thoughts, first opinions on what Peacemaker put in front of us just one week ago. It Blew me away
1: (laughs) and totally exceeded all my expectations, but not in the way that I thought it would. It was a completely different experience than what I had in my mind, but it was so much better and so much richer. And uh, it's a special show, man. Like, it's ridiculous. But everything from the moment the opening credits start up right to the little stingers that they add to the end Mm -hmm. of each episode... Just bananas in the absolutely best way. And yeah, five years ago, who would have thought that the world would seemingly be ranting about a Peacemaker show. Heck, even I didn't know who the heck Peacemaker was at that point in time, but uh, you know what, here we are and uh, we're all the better for it. So just goes to show that
0: you don't know what you want until you have it in front of you. Yeah. And have a good writer and, a a formula that they want to put and try and do something a little different the r rating of this i think really benefits it it lets it open up and run wild but also the fact that there was expectations from us i think from a james gunn perspective and from what we saw in the suicide squad but from a character perspective there's almost no expectations right they really can go anywhere with this property because it is basically ground floor yes it is an established dc comic book character But there's no one saying Peacemaker needs to be this way specifically. They can forge their own path and do their own thing. And as long as it is engaging, people are going to love it. I, in the same way as you, I had high expectations going into this because I love John Cena and I love Gunn. But this absolutely, like you, blew my friggin' brain apart. I sat down and watched this and that opening dance sequence... The credits there, the no-sell on the dance, and the music is brilliant. And even that back and forth that Peacemaker has as he's being released from the hospital about Aquaman and all, it is that is such a way to just capture you. And I'm literally sitting by myself laughing out loud at this. And this benefits so much from a repeat viewing because there's so much nuance in the performances, in the dialogue, in the writing that you kind of miss it because there's a- so much going on, but I would sit and watch it again. Like this this thing is exactly what I wanted it to be, but like you exceeded my expectations and has gone in a completely different direction than I was expecting.
1: Yeah, and like right from the hop where you get this previously in the Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and you have a recap of the movie or certainly a focus on the Peacemaker portions of it. Amazing. And then you get... It legitimizes the whole thing, I think, in the second episode where you have Amanda Waller herself make a cameo. Mm-hmm. So that Viola Davis is coming to play ball was was pretty cool. And yeah, the humor is just ridiculous. And just the fact that it almost in your face embraces the fact that it's part of a larger DC universe. Yeah. And you know it's there and it's connected and you have Viola Davis' Amanda Waller. But then you also have guys talk about the existence of Batmite being a thing. So to think that there's this fifth dimension imp plaguing the Batman who would be Ben Affleck's Batman is hilarious to me. Like, it's just like, I, I had to rewind a bit of the show because I got lost in my thoughts of what that would look like with <laughs> Ben Affleck's Batman trying to deal with Mr. Mr. Plitlick. And, or at least the Bat- Batman version of it in Batmite. So, yeah, it's just cool. Just cool. Like so many little Easter eggs and who knows what will count for stuff and who knows what's being played for gags. But they've just done a, a great job of it. And you can tell the whole thing is a labor of love for mm-hmm. Gun and everybody else involved. So you can see watching this show and where they go and the ridiculousness of some of the characters, why he's seemed to really embrace working with Warner brothers and that they've kind of learned some lessons and letting them do his thing. So yeah, Yeah. it's a match made in heaven.
0: Yeah. And I, I want to touch on, on that point you made about the richness of everything. And this is a James Gunn trade, everything he touches, he is able to bring this level of engagement that you don't get in a lot of properties. And I'm loving what I'm seeing in the Disney plus MCU stuff, but this, these first three episodes are better than anything that they have put out there. I think personally, and some of it goes to the level that he's able to capture your attention and make you care about everybody on screen almost instantaneously. Like each one of these characters, like you go to a or whomever, we got to see them in the Suicide Squad, not as much as the, the main Suicide Squad, but they were periphery characters. And now immediately I find myself invested in all of them. And that goes down just to the simple dialogue that they have across the board, all of these supporting characters have a role to play, an important role to play, but you feel something for all of them. Like, are, do you, you get kind of that same sort of level of engagement for each one of these, from vigilante all the way across to even some of the police officers? Oh, definitely. Like, you, you're you interested in what all of their backstories are,
1: and you want to know right away, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the hallmark of good writing, right? Like, you want to know uh, what the new girl's background and connection and her yes. role is gonna be in in the group. And you wanna know what the new leader of this little splinter group his backstory is and what he did to be enlisted there and what horrible things he has in his past that made him be the guy that they handpicked for it. And yeah, it, it just everybody in the show is interesting. And that's even before you get to the more fantastical things like the butterflies and yeah. And just the way they play with the police officers in it and how they take a throwaway character, like the couple whose apartment he breaks into and they actually give them a bit of a recurring role throughout the episode is just, it's just good writing and it gets you engaged. And yeah, I, I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed this show.
0: Yeah. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Now John Cena is a big piece of this is the focal point of course peacemaker but he himself again I think elevates his performance from the Suicide Squad I love what he did in that movie but here again the chains are off he is able to explore this character without many boundaries and you start to sympathize with him a little bit even though he has this turn in Suicide Squad which is shown actually in that previous scene but here you now feel a different way about this character and John Cena brings a level of engagement. I use this word a lot because that's, I think, the best way to describe how I'm feeling about this that exceeded my expectations. I I wanted him to be this character, and I find myself just wanting more of him every single time I turn on. I'm like, ah, I could watch this, but maybe I should rewatch Peacemaker episode one. And a lot of that has to do with John Cena and him being in this title role and what he's able to bring to it. Yeah, no, and you you said it well
1: with saying that they've made him sympathetic in this show because you kind of hate him by the time you get to mm-hmm. the end of the Suicide Squad. In fact, you really detest him. But then you get to see a bit of a peek behind the curtain as to how he was crafted into what he becomes that he's realized that he made some fatal mistakes when he was in um, the Court of Maltese and just his journey that he's going on. And they set him up for a redemption arc, but it feels earned. It Mm. feels, and it feels natural. Yeah. Because you got a sense as to what the character thought he was all about at the beginning of the movie and who he wanted to be. And then what he set up, he set up for a fall. And then now we're in the aftermath of that fall but they've done such a good job with putting the pieces in place to take you on this journey with him so that you kind of see why while it doesn't make what he did right why he did those things and then you're engaged in seeing him move forward and kind of redeem himself so mm-hmm.
0: yeah and and I- Cena has a way with his delivery whether it's the comedic side the emotional sympathetic side or even some of those, like in the movie, the downright like evil side of it. And the way that he's able to express that physically, because he's a big guy. But he always doesn't move like a big guy, which is kind of cool. And how they, they utilize that and leverage that. And a lot of his acting is in body motions, which I really like. And mm-hmm. it's physical language, which I find extremely appealing when he's telling the story. Because you don't want to see John Cena the wrestler you want to see the character and i think he's done a very good job burying himself inside of the peacemaker and and really leverage like his physical look to tell a story or a bigger story that's that's what i'm loving about john cena in this role is like it's this most multifaceted approach to how he's delivering the character and I, I just can't get enough of it
1: yeah no well said and, and like honestly it makes me hopeful for the rock in mm-hmm. black adam yes. because you know, as much as we absolutely adore DJ, like you always kind of, he's the rock, the wrestler first. Yes. In The Fast and the Furious, in Jumanji. Um, but if Cena can make that transition, maybe he can do the same in that role. So yeah, kudos to Cena. Like he was always kind of the, the poor sister. Yes. Yeah. As far as the comparison between the two that, you know, everybody kind of thought that he wouldn't... Uh, gain the the same acting acumen that some of his other peers have in the past. But yeah, I think this show of all things has proved that he does have the comedic timing and
0: the acting chops to Mm kind of get it done. So yeah, kudos to, to Cena. Yeah, and for James Gunn to seeing something in him as well, right? To this be the character that they spin the first show out of? Like a blood sport show, You know, albeit maybe Elba isn't the most available guy or harley quinn or something like that right seems like a safer play than a peacemaker show but it just goes to show that when you have the the right writing the right direction and the right ideas that that can all come together fairly well and that peacemaker is the first real spin out of all this like you look what the mcu did they've taken very established characters and spun those shows out, your WandaVision, your Hawkeyes, Loki, characters that we're familiar with that don't require a whole bunch of building. It's really just forward progressing a story from really zero. This, yeah, you had some time with him, but this isn't by any means on the equivalency of a recognizable Wanda or Vision, right? This is a character that, you know, outside of that movie, might as well be starting from scratch. And here you have the internet just loving everything that's being put to screen here.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it, <laughs> to call him obscure would be an understatement for sure. <laughs> like the, and the fact that one of the big name characters in the show
0: is the judo
1: master. Yeah. Speaks to the kind of toys they're playing
0: with. Exactly. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about the supporting cast in and around Cena. Specifically, let's talk about his dad, Robert Patrick. We got T2. We got a Terminator here. And he went from a character in the first couple episodes that I thought was going to be a little bit of that emotional leverage that is used to sympathize or make Peacemaker a bit more sympathetic in his upbringing and all that. But he had this really quick turn to something very different. I believe it was the white dragon they called him.
1: Yeah. Or like the dragon king or maybe I'm mixing. No.
0: Yeah. The white dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon King, I think,
1: is from Stargirl.
0: (laughs) They go a very different way with that. And so they're building up kind of a a dual... I'm not sure if this is like a dual enemy thing or what it is, or if it's serving two different purposes. You have like this grander butterfly project type thing, and then you have this white dragon thing that's kind of brewing in the background where Peacemaker is maybe going to have to make amends with his past, being his father, and then also have to be the hero... For this butterfly story, which at first I was thinking, what is this? And then the reveal in itself, it it's kind of weird. But at the same time, I'm into it. Maybe a bit more extraterrestrial, whatever. But I like that they're going kind of a bit wacky with this. That this isn't like a grounded villain where it is a physical battle between Cena, the big guy, and another big, huge fight. Thing. It, it seems a bit more... I don't know. There's a lot more intrigue there for me that it is something like, you know, these weird butterfly things that are kind of taking over the world as alluded to at the end of episode 3.
1: Yeah, and it it gives him a foe that's way, way over his head mm-hmm. and so puts him in a position where he has to um rely on the greater team and the resources that Argus will have to help him overcome that, but then at the same time they're building in this nice background villain um, with his father. And like they've established in that show already that he's he's quite accomplished and he's considered to be a supervillain because the police who are processing talk about uh, not having to house him in their own facility and that there's Mm -hmm. just no room to transport him off-site type of thing. And then you see that he's this white supremacist kind of leader dude, which was kind of cool. Like I ended up reading a bit of Peacemaker stuff recently and, and like the few, very few comics that are available with him um, are nothing like the show at all. But the one series like, and it's all very hard to read too. It, <laughs> it, it's very dated. But like the one series, it was hilarious because the Peacemaker was very much like the Mark Specter, Moon Knight superhero type um, character like coming in with like all this technology and his super helicopter and all this other stuff. But then his dad was actually like a, like a Nazis like commandant type of character. Oh, and really? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, that's interesting that that was the thread that they plucked out of mm-hmm. those stories. It was like some 1986 or 88 miniseries about Peacemaker. that I, I didn't make it through two issues. It was pretty, pretty rough, but, um, And unintentionally hilarious. But it's interesting, and it just goes to show how you take the interesting pieces of these characters and make them your own for something that a wider audience can embrace. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm very curious to see where they take that, and if it's something that uh, sees a conclusion in this series, or if it's something that carries through to a Peacemaker season two. Cause I like I initially went into the show thinking like this has got to be just one and done. That's probably all I want. And now it's like holy smokes! Like when are you gonna announce Peacemaker season two?
0: Yeah, it's this is only eight episodes and we're already three episodes in, so we've only got another five weeks of Peacemaker. And I'm thinking the same thing as you is okay. Where is this gonna go? And when do we get in season two? You know, Gunn is actively filming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. And I would assume that once his commitments are done over at Marvel, that he's going to be swapping back over to DC. And if this is landing the same way with the GA, that's that's a that's a a test or an understanding that I don't have a full comprehension of. Is how well is this landing outside of our community? Say, like, have you heard much about what people are feeling? I know we I threw it at, we threw it at Dave and. He said he went to watch one episode, and he ended up watching all three back to back, and so it's a kind of a, a, a nice litmus test there. But like in the wider population, like how is this landing? Have you heard much about that? Yeah,
1: like I I haven't heard anything but rave reviews about the the show, and there's always going to be a handful of loud detractors, but overall it seems like it's really well received. And then I I saw a thing about social media uh, engagements for. Uh, like brought or shows and whatnot and like the top three were euphoria peacemaker and like the grammys or some other show that had uh, Mm. aired recently but it was pretty impressive and just like how far ahead the number was for peacemaker versus anything else uh over the course of the week that had passed like it was like Fifteen times the level of like something like Book of Boba Fett, even so. Hopefully, that speaks to how well the show is doing, and like Peacemaker is in like the top ten for streaming shows, and yeah, the Suicide Squad had snuck back in there too, so. Uh, I think it's going over well, and word of mouth has got to be great on this thing, too. So
0: Yeah, this will have legs, for sure, as far as the word of mouth and its availability on HBO Max. It's a show I've already told my wife that when she gets feeling better that we got to jump back into. I'm happy to run through the first three episodes again, because I said, if you're not hooked in the first, the opening scene, really, and then the opening credits, if that doesn't hook you, then maybe put it on the shelf, but I would hazard a guess that anyone who watches that first five minutes of episode one is going to be hooked for at least the three episodes that they dropped because it is just that. And it's interesting you say that level of social media engagement above and beyond even things like the book of Boba Fett. Now, these both drop on Wednesday, and I can tell you personally that Peacemaker is going to be a day of drop watch for me. I've not done that really since falcon the winter soldier i think and it's not because i don't like the book of Boba Fett or i didn't like hawkeye it's just these aren't things i'm rushing to but peacemaker is something that tomorrow morning when it drops that i'm gonna squeeze in some time to watch it
1: <laughs> i know and you're a busy guy right now so i found that article that i had sent you so number one for engagements was euphoria at four hundred forty thousand. so peacemaker was two at 295,000, and it was the Golden Globes at mm. 288,000. So that's actually pretty impressive because you got to think with how most of us consume award shows now,
0: so we're not watching it live, you're just no. poking around on Twitter and other when social I think media. The Golden Globes was like a social media it wasn't even an event, I think it was just all on social media.
1: Oh, maybe it goes to show how much I, I paid yeah. attention to it. <laughs> so, yeah, so Peacemakers, 295,000 engagements, and Book of Boba Fett was 96. Oh, wow. So, like, and I just used that um, show as a comparator just because it's another big thing under one of the favorite franchises. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so. uh, that's, That's a really interesting comparison because with the Book of Boba Fett, and we talked about it last week, guys, go check out our discussion on the first three episodes of that as well. But... Uh, I would say the level of excitement is very, very different. Now, they're very different shows, and the build's different and all that, but I think the thing that, for me, that this Peacemaker show has that the Book of Boba Fett is missing at that point is that initial hook, intrigue, and that desire to want to see more and more and more. I know Mm. I compared Book of Boba Fett last week to being kind of like a comic book spinoff for this. This feels like a main event watching experience that Peacemaker does to me. And so it's like very differing experiences I'm having with those. And if you had asked me this a year ago, what would I prefer? Book of Boba Fett would have been head and shoulders above Peacemaker.
1: Oh, man, probably me too, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just – it just is what it is, right? So, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad. Like, I, I – if you listen to five minutes of this show, you know that I always really flag wave for anything that's got um, – some artistic intent behind it and that there's some passion from the creatives working on it. So uh, that's certainly what this is born from, clearly. Uh, The the name says it all. (laughs) The fact that it's a peacemaker show and to see it thriving and finding an audience and lots of big names in media have been watching this thing and ranting and raving about how much they've enjoyed it. It just brings a smile to my face Mm -hmm. because... Yeah, it's
0: coming from it's coming from the right spot and it deserves all its success. Yeah. It's awesome. I can't wait to, to plug in episode four tomorrow. And I guess it'll be a couple of days ago when this episode drops and we get to run another five weeks of this. And you know, realistically we're living in, in quite a, a remarkable time. The fact that we've got this Peacemaker show that is just incredible. That, But also, we're still, on the same day, we get Book of Boba Fett sh- episode that drops on top of everything else that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Man, it is just a time. A time! Yeah, it's crazy, man.
1: It's crazy. We record tonight, and Superman and Lois and Naomi yes. are in, in a two-hour block. And then, yeah, tomorrow you get of boba fett and peacemaker Mm -hmm. it's
0: insane (laughs) absolutely insane it's a wild time and let's let's carry on that momentum we had so much fun talking about the dc the post dc or the 2022 the pillar year that it's going to be for dc and one of the characters that is really going to pick up and run with that that energy and that mantle of dc into 23 is going to be batgirl we talked a lot last week about what the post-Flash world is going to look like here. And Batgirl seemingly is going to be the one picking up a lot of the threads that are left by whatever happens in that movie. And moving forward with it in the likes of Keaton, the potential for a Nightwing or a Robin or Dick Grace and something to that effect. But it's really going to be centered around a Batgirl story. And this week on social media, Leslie Grace, who will be starring as Barbara Gordon, Batgirl here, dropped the first look at her costume. And this goes to a common thread that we've had for the past couple of years about DC, controlling the narrative. And here it is again, not a day after this drops, you're starting to see set leak images of this costume. And the fact that Leslie Grace was the one that got to drop it, she's got a wonderful quote here about underestimating her and her coming back and kicking some ass. Uh from Batgirl, Batgirl year one, it all works in this idea, this concept of like, let's grab it. We're going to control this and run with it. And the costume looks awesome. I showed this to my daughter who specifically said when I told her from DC Phantom, there's going to be a Batgirl movie. She says, I want her in the purple costume. Amazing. This is what she wanted. She didn't want the gray one. She wanted this. And she took one look at it, let out this squeal and said, when can I watch it? And remember when you told me that when I watch it, that I get to come on the podcast and talk about it with you. <laughs> Amazing. That is incredible. You can't top that. No. That is
1: the best endorsement that anyone could ever need for what they did with that costume.
0: Yeah. It, it was so cool. Uh, what, like, What are your thoughts on this? Initial reactions when... You saw this, the cow, the red hair, of course. We've got the yellow, the purple, the great emblem across. It looks like a dynamic suit, but it also looks like it it's not this high tech suit either, which I really like.
1: Oh man, like we were we were watching Peacemaker two episodes, and then it was kind of time for bathroom break and popcorn and all that kind of stuff, so people pick up their phones and right away, like all of us kind of Get hit with this thing and universal praise for this costume in my house too. Like I think it's perfect. Like they, it's ripped straight out of the back row of Burnside comic books, and I always like that look. Um, for me, Babs is best when she's a self-made character, and mm-hmm. and she typically is. So I like that it's it's a bit of an industrial-looking costume. And uh, but at the same time, it's got enough refinement. Like this isn't the Spider-Man No Way Home yes. d- like hoodie costume. Uh, it looks like a proper superhero suit, but um, it- it's also not over the top. And it's so funny because like every single negative comment I saw about that costume, if you go back to in those people's timelines to their back row comments, it was basically the expectation they set from themselves is that. She was gonna have that Arkham Knight Batgirl armor, and it's like, no, that's like a, it's not really Babs, and B, it wouldn't fit this show or this uh, this film from everything we know about it. So, yeah, this is perfect, and it, you can't you can't say that you want comic accurate suits and criticize this because this is a bona fide suit that she had for a long time, and uh, that Burnside run of Batgirl. It's funny because a lot of long term comic dudes decry it, but it's a massively popular storyline that because it wooed a ton of new readers, like it was written for people that wanted to just experience Barbara Gordon having a new chapter of her life. And that's what it was like it. It has a history to it, but at the same time, it's like if you had never read anything with Batgirl in it, the first three pages give you a bunch of backstory as she's moving into a new house, and then bang, like this is my new life, this is what I'm all about, and this is my new costume, and off we go. And yeah, I've I've always loved that costume since day one. I just thought it's cool. I've always loved, like I said, that self-made super heroine, which is honestly, what she's always been about right from her very (laughs) first appearance. It's like, hey, I think Batman is cool. I want to be a superhero. Here's this costume I made. And uh, yeah, I think this look is perfect. And like, it looks amazing on Leslie Grace, the the way they've cut it. The colors complement her well. It's cool. And that promo shot, like you said, her dropping it, perfect. And then today, once again, it's like, those pictures that are supposed to be leaks, but they're not actually Mm -hmm. leaks because they're perfectly free. In fact, the the (laughs) quote unquote leak I saw today was on a rooftop. So you can't tell me that there's just some guy walking by with his cell phone and uh, snapped this one, but it was cool. Like it was the way it was lit. It almost had like a a really dark purple, black kind of color to it. And she had goggles on looking down into something and yeah, it, like every day, I get more and more excited for this project, and like the directors today, just you know, put out this little TikTok video, ranting and raving about how cool it is to be working on Batgirl, and yeah, you just can't help but catch that energy. So
0: no, and I'm I'm, I'm feeling, feeling that it, it's palpable for for me as well in this house too with my my oldest loving what's going on here, and I liked your point there about the Burnside run that you brought up about them. Going into this new chapter of her life and really giving you a few bits and pieces, but you can kind of just jump into a low barrier for entry. And mm-hmm. I think my feeling for this film, wherever it is eventually dropped, is that's what it's going to be for the DC film universe go forward, right? Or whatever they're crafting in this connected bat world where they're going to drop you in post flash and they're going to say here's a few things here's leslie grace's barbara gordon here's where she's at here's her back costume it's not going to be about the origin or the training like some of that i think will be built in but i feel like it's going to be really a you jump feet first into the deep end they give you that context throughout but it's less about her origin more about her point forward story
1: Yeah, and I think that that's where they're at with everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like,
0: by all accounts, we're
1: going to get a Dick Grayson. Do I need to have him be orphaned at the circus and then (laughs) training with Batman and then a bunch of Batman and Robin stuff? I don't want to have to wait 10 years before I see him leave the nest. (laughs) So, you know what? So be it. This is where we're at. Let's just do it well, and we're here for the ride, right? If you want to see the Robin origin... Joel Schumacher actually did a pretty cool version of it back in 1997, so, or yeah. 1995.
0: Yeah, and, and short flashbacks can accomplish a lot as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a little shorter than what we're seeing in the book of Boba Fett, maybe, but ultimately you can accomplish a lot through a little montage, right? A little boom, boom, I trained with Batman, here we go. And you can use that to leverage story points off of as well. And so, yeah, this discussion and from last week, our discussion on on DC film in general and where it's going in twenty two, you know, there's a lot of big movies up, but I'm already looking at this one being like, okay, let's let's get through this and into the next one. You know, we're queuing up Batman here and now Moon Knight in the the month of March of twenty twenty two, but I'm already thinking, okay, HBO Max DC, it's time to announce. Like, when is this coming? Is this late twenty two? Is this early twenty three? Like, do I have to wait a whole year to see this? Where is this happening? When is this happening?
1: Yeah, it's cool. It's cool that just, and I'm right there with you. And as excited as I am for every project, it's just, I, I don't know if it's because it's the one that's been in front of me the most or what the deal is. But this just seems like something special and that you need to hurry up and get in front of my eyes because mm-hmm.
0: it's it's, it's going to be a cool one. Yeah. And I think what's what's capturing me a lot more recently is the deviation points from the quote unquote norm. Right? Look at No Way Home. We took a Spider Man story, we exploded it, or they exploded it into this wild multiverse experience, and it was absolutely incredible. Peacemaker, a character that, you know, I, I, I've never read a comic book. I didn't even know who this character was until less than a year ago. And boom, it's my one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite comic book shows that I've ever seen. You get a character like Let's The Grace and Batgirl here, who has got my excitement through the roof just from the energy and what they're putting out there. And then now we got Marvel dropping this new trailer, this new Moon Knight trailer on us, which is another character that I have zero experience with. Like, I don't even know if I've even read a comic book that Moon Knight's passed through, if I'm being completely honest with you. But looking at this trailer that they dropped on us, I'm now so excited for this story. And I've been invested in the MCU since the beginning, really. But I've had a pretty solid tie to a lot of characters that have been the focal point of the storytelling your captain america's your iron man thor all this the avengers essentially that was always where i spent most of my time reading comic books was in that portion of the marvel comic universe and now we're going into something that's completely different and it's going to be a new experience for me but i know you've got a ton of experience yourself in moon knight with mark specter and we've detailed that a lot but i want to get your initial reactions to your on this Moon Knight trailer and how or if it hooked you in a meaningful way, given that you have some underlying foundation for this character and where they could or could not potentially take it. Oh, yeah. Like, this has got me probably as excited as I've ever been
1: for a Disney Plus MCU show. It, like, the trailer wasn't even half done, and I was just in the bag for it ready and waiting because like i love that they're like uh, mark specter's mental health issues are the key thing that actually makes him special in the pantheon of all the marvel superheroes or just superheroes across the board because you just don't see it and then how they weave the superhero aspects into that and what is real what is not what is actually happening what what is he perceiving And they seem to have done a perfect job of it. But just with this being a live action take on it, uh, right away, I'm like, oh, they're doing it almost, it had like a memento feel to it Mm -hmm. where these things are happening and he doesn't know if they're actually happening to him, how his hours are passing, why he's tired all the time. And I was totally sold. And then you add on top of that an actor the caliber of Oscar Isaacs playing against Ethan Hawke, who's also a phenomenal actor in his own right. Uh, It it looked really, really cool. I loved everything they were going for with the trailer, that it's absolutely a Mark Spector story, and that they're going to be playing with all the elements that made him such a great character in the comics. And the thing that I think is the coolest is that they realized or from what I could tell, like they realize that just his mind is so dense for storytelling that this seems really Mm self-contained. Like, and I think that's the best way to do it. Cause I think Moon Knight functions really, really well when he's self-contained where the story is about him and him trying to negotiate the things in front of him. Sometimes with, unparalleled confidence sometimes with zero. And uh, when you have the other Marvel characters just kind of pass through, it makes it just the, that much cooler. Um, but when you have them kind of integrated into a system, it doesn't quite work, right? Like I think that that's what broke Troy with the Avengers comics was when they had the big Moon Knight run. And he's just like, oh, I don't I don't yeah. like this. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't work, right? And, and that's been my experience with it too. Um, so yeah, I don't read anything where it's the crossovery type stuff, but like his current book is like for the Marvel stuff. It's probably my second favorite book after Daredevil. Um and uh I, I'm really enjoying it and it's certainly very new new reader friendly if anybody wants to jump in. I think issue 6 just came out on Wednesday. Was the last one, but yeah, it's it's a great great book and um doing a lot of interesting things with the character and I, I also do sense that this is Marvel Studios' own version of Mark Spector Moon Knight, and they've kind of owned it with the sense that I got from the trailer, and I think that's cool. Right I think it, that that's yeah. how you've got to do it, and there's just, he, he's one of those characters that people have their own favorite version, ironically, but there's no way that you could fit them all within <laughs> the confines of one show and tell a good origin. And giving him a, a meaningful uh, antagonist, so yeah, it'll be cool. I, I do hope that they integrate like his Judaism because it's a pretty big part of the character, and they—it's a strong reason as to like his faith journey, um, why he was susceptible to being taken by Kanchu, the mm-hmm. Egyptian god that kind of takes him, and then. Him trying to reconcile things with his family, and it just it makes his character a lot stronger. So that's the that if I have an ask from the books, is I hope they kind of plant at least plant the seeds for that. But aside from that, like, yeah, give it to me. Like I'm I'm here
0: for your all new, all different MCU Moon Knight, and I think it'll be cool. It, it's looking phenomenal. Like having like I said, very little to no experience with the character. The thing that intrigues me the most about this is that. It almost seems custom built for a mini series or a six episode where it Mm -hmm. has this inherent built in mystery to it where every episode when you finish it, you're going to be thinking, I don't know if this episode was real or fake. Like if this was in his mind or if this is in the real world. And that's what I'm excited about is that every episode. I hope that they leave you in a place where you don't know what is real and what's not and that the audience is on this journey with Mark Spector and they're not on the periphery of it understanding what's going on. I want to be so integrated into his headspace that one episode I think, okay, I think this is the real world and then you have the next episode you think, well, maybe not. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I want from this and it seems like they're building that that way where there the mystery and the thing that they try to do so much with these shows is kind of, especially with episodic weekly releases is leave you hanging, leave you asking a question. And mm-hmm. the fundamental piece of the narrative is going to be that. And I think that's a really cool way to, to approach this. And the fact that it's not a movie actually has me quite excited too. Yeah. And
1: that'll be what makes it different. Right. And like the Jeff Lemire run, of Moon Knight, it was very much that you'd read issues and you're like, this actually happened or is mm. this all a dream <laughs> or what's going on here? Right. And then you go into the next one and sometimes it ties to the next issue and sometimes it doesn't. So yeah, th- what you're saying you're, you're hoping for from the show is definitely something that's uh, on the table as far as things you can play with, with Moon Knight. And, uh, and he just looks cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about talk to me about this costume. Right at the end, we have this line from I believe it's Ethan Hawke saying, "Embrace the chaos," and you see him open his arms, and he ends up with the Moon Knight costume. So a nice big look at the costume itself here, in the light, moving. We got we've seen that reverse punching thing, but is this the first time we're we seeing whatever's on the ground that he's actually punching? seems to be i'm not sure if it's the is Conju or what it is um but this is big lanky monster looking thing so so talk to me about this piece of it
1: yeah like the the costume bit with like the the wraps coming around him it's not something that i'm familiar with um but it seems like he's going to be kind of two sides of a coin with uh ethan Hawke's character and there's a couple different um People from the Moon Knight comics that it could be, but I think he might be the MCU's version of the Sun God, which would be kind of neat. And they'll play with the fact that Mark Specter is kind of the champion of Khonshu, the one and one Egyptian god, and maybe he's the champion of Anubis or somebody like that. Mm -hmm. And he's got these pyrokinetic powers. So yeah, it could be cool. I think the costume looks great. It's it's channels a bit of a few other guys art styles like alex and leave but at the same time once again it's they did their own thing and i, I think that's that's cool so yeah i'm here for it man
0: yeah and it's it's just taking liberties i think with characters like this and you know we're always banging on about the idea of that the mcu and the versions we're seeing put to screen actually in all of these are interpretations right it's like one comic book to another it's an mm-hmm. interpretation from a writer this is no different this is just another version of that character that is at the really just needs to capture the essence of of the character that that is the through going thread as opposed to the exact story being translated from a comic book directly up it's it's just it's not feasible to do that right and you're trying to attract a wider audience even and so they're going to pluck from different pieces and create their own thing, a hybrid, if you will, of this character and of these stories and and tell it so it fits inside of the larger, grander narrative that they're building, but also to give it its its own agency to run in a direction and, and do something different and cool. And so I think a character like this and a character like Peacemaker, you have a bit more room to wiggle around. Like You will have your hard and fast... Uh, detractors from them moving or step sidestepping certain aspects of the character and all that. But at the end of the day, I think they can kind of do whatever they want here and establish this as, you know, the GA Moon Knight. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: One well, like Moon Knight just has so many different versions over the years that yeah. How, how can you not afford the guys doing the live action adaptation to mm-hmm. not do their own? Because Literally every single writer that comes into it does their own thing that may or may not build off of the last one. So, yeah, yeah, as long as you get the fundamental core of the character right, uh, I could care less what you do, right? Like Christopher Nolan's Batman never appeared on a comic book page, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yet it, it was its own thing and it was amazing. And I think that trailer definitely told me that they've got the fundamental core of what Moon Knight is all about. So then, yeah, bring it. Like, let's just see what your version is like and off we go.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't have to wait too long, man. March 30th, they finally announced along with a, an awesome poster, to be honest. Oh, yeah. That poster is money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the best ones. It's the the subtlety of it, I think is where it, it really screams to me is that it's got the right pieces there and, you know, Marvel posters lately have been very loud. And mm-hmm. I like this I like subtle when when especially with a character like this, I think you need it. But Man, March 30th, we've got the, the, the month of the bat just became uh, the one that, you know, what is it usually? Is March usually in like a lion, out like a lamb? So we're in like a lion, out like a lion, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. Is it March or is it April? doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. It's going to be amazing at any
0: rate. <laughs> it is. It's going to be wild that we're going to have a couple weeks to sit on Batman and then boom, we're going to get hit with... Uh, A new character here from the MCU. So very exciting to see that that is going to be the next Disney Plus MCU series that hits us. If I'm being completely honest, I wouldn't have pegged Moon Knight to be the first one out of the gates in 2022. I thought it was going to be Miss Marvel, um, given their shooting schedule and all that. But here we are with Moon Knight. Yeah.
1: No, it it is kind of weird that that's the... The first one out, but who knows? Miss Marvel and she hawk will have infinitely more special effects requirements. Yeah, I guess one. you're right. I assume, and they might I be might so. be
0: pushing Miss Marvel out closer to, to what is it, twenty three? That we get Marvels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they might be trying to tie that a bit closer. So who knows? But yeah, you maybe you're right more with the the CGI. But I don't know. I feel like Moon Knight was the last one to shoot. I might be completely wrong on that one, but um, no, it
1: yeah, because Ethan Hawk was doing a pile of uh smaller films and i know that he didn't start filming moon Knight till pretty late in the game mm, interesting. so
0: yeah okay well guys right. it's ticking time clock we've of course got peacemaker to hold us over there for a little bit and then a, and the batman so it's gonna be an exciting ride and uh 30th can't come soon enough so we are feasting we are feasting my man and it is uh everything's looking great <laughs> it is in front of us we live in like i said earlier a pretty wild world right now <laughs>
1: yeah don't we get morbius in there somewhere too
0: i think i want to feel like morbius is april now it's definitely it? second quarter so what does that put a few, yeah jennifer yeah april i think is when we get it oh, okay i thought it might have been february but whatever april 17th it, it, maybe i don't know but it's coming <laughs> yeah it
1: might be coming to netflix for me if they delay it one more time but <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not going to be sprinting out. Like, unless you guys get back and be like, oh, my God, the end credit scene of Morbius is amazing. <laughs> like you were with Venom, and I kind of found that online.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that was the, the only thing worth watching from Let There Be
0: Carnage. <laughs> Let There Be Garbage. <laughs> well, man, it's been another exciting week in Nerd, but we're going to do a segment now, man, that we have not done for the better part of of a month just because of the format of the shows a lot of uh looking back looking forward reviews and last week was a little bit chaotic so let's do it man let's jump over to our we can nerd so here it is man Our we can nerd the segment where we like to kick back relax a little bit and talk about our personal pickups in collecting what we've been watching what we've been reading so given that it's been like a month's time i don't even remember the last thing that we talked about we you and i had both taken most of december off of the hunt you know allocating resources elsewhere but what what do you what have you guys been up to recently what have you been up to i should say it's only me and you here been up to recently my man uh, you know what? The
1: plastic is—it's been quiet on the uh, on the acquisitions front, but that's opened up the doors to a few other things. So, uh, did lots of gaming, and since last we had a segment, I actually started and finished the Guardians of the Galaxy PS4 game, and absolutely adored it. Like what a fun narrative and the gameplay was pretty cool, but, uh, it was the character work that they did in the game. And it's, it's a game where the way you interact with your team kind of influences how, uh, they react to you and how you kind of progress and you're able to power up, um, your team of guardians, but man, it, it was a pretty cool experience. I don't want to spoil anything, but, uh, They take you all through the Marvel cosmic uh, lore and um, you get to see some pretty neat characters that um, may or may not have showed up in the MCU already or may not be on the horizon for being in the MCU. And uh, it was just a great Guardians of the Galaxy story. Like I absolutely loved the characterizations of each of them and they did a good job of kind of once again, making it their own, right? Like there's certainly the MCU influences on it and the comic book uh, versions of the characters, but they very smartly just kind of stuck it somewhere in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Where your, your Gamora isn't the deadliest woman in the universe, but at the same time, um, she's not the same Gamora that we know and love from the movies. She's kind of in the middle. And uh, and it just works. It just works, and it allows you to just experience this game. And the story was so tight. Like I love narrative based games, and it was it was a cool experience. And um, I think you can get the game fairly cheap now. I know I certainly did. So if you can, like, I think it cost me like thirty bucks Canadian. (laughs) And yeah, it it was a wonderful experience. I I really enjoyed that one. And then uh, the kid and I just polished off Resident Evil Eight, and. Resident Evil Village, it was it was a pretty sweet experience and a nice continuation of where they've taken this uh, new set of games in the franchise. Uh, it certainly wasn't as scary as Resident Evil 7. Like, it didn't make me nauseous at times. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, oh, 7 was ridiculous. How scary <laughs> and just, like, just your nerves and how you you Not never knew... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like this first person, and I'm not—I'm not a jumpy person by any stretch of the imagination, and I'm not squeamish. But God, there was a few times where I was just completely and utterly unsettled in that game. And this one isn't that. Um, this one is significantly less scary, but it—it it also just has a really neat story and keeps you guessing, and it builds the story as though it's something completely different than anything you know from Resident Evil and you're like why are there vampires and werewolves running around but then they tie it perfectly into all the other games and the existing lore with the umbrella uh, organization and everything else and bringing in some of the legacy characters and whatnot and uh, it, it was cool and that was another one that I got kind of on the cheap as well so that was sweet and then in the our usual space it was all about Stargirl season 2. Um, with us cutting the cord halfway through uh, its run, I ended up only seeing the first two seasons or first two episodes, and then um, without a, access to a PVR or anything like that, it kind of fallen off my radar. But uh, Amazon Prime in Canada carries it, and man, I just love this show. And it like actually might be one to kind of experience with your wife and your daughter because it is very yeah. much. Uh, family friendly and it's about a young girl's journey into becoming a superhero and stuff like that and it's it's pretty accessible but it's it just it's just charming and um this season they and they did in the first season but this season they really leaned into uh, a bunch of the Justice Society stuff and a whole bunch of the deep cuts characters were coming up from the Justice Society comic books and then uh they played with like a character that I really, really loved during James Robinson's run on the Starman comic book. So, uh, this season was just phenomenal, and the, it's well acted, and it's got some money behind it, and it's a, it's a pretty cool show, and it, it's another one that's certainly a labor of love. So, yeah, I and I'm not one to binge, but I found myself watching like two episodes in a in a sit kind of thing. So, it's pretty good. And you got you got Owen Wilson over in the MCU and uh, Luke Wilson in, in this show here. So got them all. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh that was the set of the brothers. And then uh there was a pretty special acquisition <laughs> this week. A pretty special acquisition. So uh we did our nerd year resolutions uh show or two ago, and uh one of my resolutions was like we didn't we literally didn't even get off the mic. So we finished the record, and we're just kind of doing the unwind post-show. Troy's talking to me about something, and Tim's like, hey, how much you want to pay for that Captain Rex? So my second uh, nerd year resolution was to acquire my daughter, a six-inch Black Series Captain Rex figure, because she's got a pretty cool little collection of clones going, but she adores Captain Rex. Like Captain Rex and Ahsoka, I think, is what she thinks herself and my dad are, and uh, she just loves, loves, loves that character, but it was such a hole in her collection that she has all these pretty cool clones, and the Clone Wars Anakin, Obi-Wan, and and all that kind of stuff, but no Captain Rex, and uh, Timbo starts smashing those keys as we're, like, literally post-record, no one has listened to this show yet, and he's like, hey, how much do you want to pay for this Captain Rex, so... Kind of throw him a price, and uh, he goes into negotiations uh, with some lady on Facebook Marketplace. I think it mm-hmm. was, but uh, basically for ten bucks over retail price, uh, he makes some magic happen. But uh, why don't you take it away, man, and you can uh, tell the rest of the
0: story? Yeah, well, I've got such a, a soft spot for for both of your girls because we we I share a passion with each of them. You know, one being Star Wars and one being. Jurassic Park, and so I find myself always wanting to to help out there, right, and encourage that because, you know, me having a soft spot there, and then my my daughter just thinks that your girls are are like the most amazing people in the world, and and I so I always appreciate so much the role models that they are for for her, and then eventually for my youngest one when she gets a little bit older there, and so. Soon as you said that, I went. My wheel started turning, and I said, "Okay, I'm just gonna jam this in and just see what happens." And uh, you guys were chatting away there about something, and like you said, I saw this pop up and had only been up for a day or two, and and so I sent her a message right away just to say, "Is this still available?" Even before I had asked you there, and um, she took the price kind of right away, and I said, "Will you hold it?" And She said, "Yep," yeah. and I said to Carlos, "I said, look, man, like this is." like an absurd distance away from your house, the way that she had it posted. I was like, you know, I want to get out of the house. We had been under basic, like semi lockdown quarantine during this like wild end to the last year. And we hadn't been out a whole bunch and said, I I need a reason to escape my house for an hour or two. I said, I got this man. Like I'll drive down there. You know, Carlos, Carlos, Headed me off the payments and so all that went super smooth I grabbed it and I was sitting in the car and I said you know what man like I know you guys were out and we were supposed to be with you but given everything that had happened over the last couple of weeks we weren't able to go and I said I got some free time here I'm just going to scoot up right to 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 this house so unannounced just go pop it into the uh into the mailbox and fired off a text said check your mailbox when you get home and boom it off and uh away it all went and you know a couple hours later i get this just incredible video (laughs) and we want to share that video the the audio that is with you guys here so i'm gonna i'm gonna actually drop it in here so you guys can experience it what oh my god what is it captain rex (laughs) oh my god i literally thought i would never get this was that from tim yeah tim did all the work favorite uncle now a hundred percent thank you tim the thing about that audio that just just had me was you could you could hear the excitement right and it it just made my whole whole weekend it was it's been a, a weird few weeks and just reflecting back on that and being able to tell the story now and and seeing where now she's taking it, right? You know, you've thrown some pictures up on Twitter and that about the shelves and the where this character lies now and how it sits on, and it just it just makes me feel really good that it just contribute just a tiny bit to that. Like it's 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 incredible, man.
1: Oh man, it was so cool. Like it was like she she literally like I I kind of walked by her room the next morning. And I saw him there, but he was like, he, he wasn't on her desk where she had left him at the end of the night. He was on our nightstand. And I go, did you open up head?" She goes, no, I'm waiting. She goes, <laughs> I go, oh, because I saw that you moved him. And she says, it's because I didn't know that he was real. Like, I woke up this morning and I just, like, took him there. And I was, like, looking at him because I didn't believe, I thought I might have dreamt it or something like that. So, yeah, that was that. And then... um she held off. She insisted that I install some shelves that she had gone out and bought so that uh, she could rearrange her entire collection and she's kind of shifted things over and she's got all her clones but she's got Rex kind of front and center in that shelf and then uh, on one side of him is kind of the preceding history with the Clone Wars and um, Rebels type of characters and then on the other side is the Bad Batch kind of showing Touching on his future there, so that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, and like obviously, he's a pretty special figure for her.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. You know, that's the thing that I love about the the collecting space, and you know how we all kind of treat it here, and even inside of the community, it's not it's not always about your personal collection, right? It's it's about embracing it all for other people too, and and it's sharing that experience has always always been an important thing with me. It's something that I always wanted when I was younger is to share this with people and that's where a lot of great friendships have come from but a lot about what this podcast is all about right is just finding a place uh, to, to share your love and passion and the fact that we could extend that and share that with our families is, is really cool
1: yeah oh man it was amazing ken thank you enough for everything like i would, I just financed this thing yeah
0: <laughs> well, i made sure i told her that when i talked to her i said i didn't like your dad still paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just did the the running around a little bit, it, uh, but it was awesome because that's really, to be honest with you, that's really the only plastic I've gotten in, in 2022. It's It's been a pretty slow start to the year and I, more on purpose, right? I haven't ventured out to do too much as I've been sitting back and, and contemplating some of those nerdy resolutions we talked about but organizing and trimming down things. And so I've done a little bit of that. I've got two new posters up behind me that I'll throw up on our Instagram, actually. They came in in the latter part of December, but I finally picked up some frames and I've moved a couple of the Turtles poster and one of the other JP posters that I got out into our movie area now. And so the art has expanded beyond the nerd room and it is now out into our movie area and all that and so my wife's loving this approach this step away from the movie posters and into the more original art because the colors is really what's drawn her in is that you look at it and it's it's a piece of art and it's incredible Mm -hmm. stuff and so that's that's been a, a really cool focus point for for expanding out and getting the nod the permission <laughs> to go beyond <laughs> the confines of the four walls that I'm sitting in right now and doing a a bit more out in that space and it's really the art that's allowed me to do that and uh and then even just for for the holidays my my wife and family are always really good about you know buying stuff in in the space and the one thing that I really want to out that I'm gonna get into here this weekend. You know, I talked about Lego being a bit of a escape for me, and I got the my hands on or my hand, I should say, on the in Thanos Infinity Gauntlet Lego piece. Oh sweet. Yes. Sweet. Yes. I For a second
1: there I thought you were gonna say the Batmobile.
0: No, it's <laughs> it's coming, man. I gotta wait until <laughs> I'll do this one, probably January and then March seems like another good time to be doing one, right? As the build up to but that a Batmobile, whether it's the Technic or the Lego proper one, I'm going to get. That's my next set. Uh because they're display pieces, like I talked about before. The Lego for me, it's less about the kind of playability. Not that I would ever really sit and play with it, but it's got to have a display aspect to it. And these Marvel MCU pieces are doing, there's the Iron Man helmet and there's the Batman and Venom heads and all that. But this gauntlet is in that similar line where it has that black box, a little bit of prestige to it. And of mm-hmm. course, it's going to look great on display once I have it built. And it gives me that, that moment to to sit and and build this thing out, so I'm really excited to get that together.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous! Like, yeah the the box and the way that it's presented on there is mm-hmm. is just cool. I and mean, are the fingers like articulated? I yeah. imagine they would be.
0: Yeah, they yeah. look like just from the box what I've seen, they look like they're articulated. So maybe like a snap position or something like that it would be be cool to have it. And I've got it up actually. The box is sitting in the spot that the gauntlet will actually sit. My wife walked down. And she's like, is that where it's going to go? I said, yep, right there. So it's going to be in front Very of my, cool. I think, 2013 San Diego Comic-Con exclusive gauntlet. with, it's I don't know if you remember. It's a big Infinity Gauntlet uh, from the comic books, of course, at that time. But it's got the four figures. It's got um, Star Fox, which May- who's made an appearance in MCU now, Thanos, Death, and Nebula, actually, from that uh, Jim Starling run. So it's it's a cool cool. piece. So it's going to be sitting up in front of that. So, yeah, it's uh, my weekend project. That's my plan here is to kick back and do that. So, yeah, slow start to 2022 for both of us. But I think I kind of like that. I like that uh, we're not sprinting into this year, given not only the content we're getting, but the potential for, for so much to come at us here. You know, we look back at the last two years and we thought they were going to be slower. But they've been busy as ever in the plastic space. And so it's nice to to have a couple months off here of, of real intense hunting. Um, we know that McFarlane's coming. Marvel Legends are coming for my wallet this year. And all those that retro stuff is uh, is there. But uh, it can wait. It can wait a little bit longer. Oh, I know, man. All all the Batmans are coming. Yeah, they are. <laughs> There's so I, like, much. Sometimes, we saw uh, all those Funko I... Pop reveals. <laughs> <laughs> You know, all of us. Yeah, we're not collecting Funko Pops. Ah, maybe these Batman ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, my uh, my wallet—it's like that kid in the trailer in the background who's like tearing up as he rises up after pounding the crap out of that guy. That's what my—that's what my Mastercard is like. Oh yeah, just the thought, the thought of all this stuff.
0: Yeah, so much <laughs> McFarlands, the Lego already—that's out there, of course, and. Like there was like a dozen Funko Pops revealed. That's before we've even seen the movie.
1: <laughs> I know, and it's a movie with like three, four characters.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great year, and I look forward to getting a little deeper into the plastic, and of course continuing our discussions here about what we're doing, what we're watching, and uh, what we're collecting here. I guess the only other thing I will mention, Cobra Kai. I can't remember if we talked about this in any detail or not, but. That's the fastest I've binged through anything in like the 2021 to 2022 because of where it came out. And then this past weekend, I went and watched backwards for whatever reason, Karate Kid 3, 2, and then 1. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Well, why not, right? Why not? And so how how was Karate Kid 3? You know what? I'd never seen Karate Kid 3. That's why I started there. And because Terry Silver, who's one of the main antagonists in season four of Cobra Kai, is pulled straight out—same actor—and you know all the legacy from that character is pulling out of Karate Kid three and into Cobra Kai season four. Primarily, you know what? It's fine. You know, it's it's a typical '80s lower budget third installment in a franchise that was burning out. But it's fine. Like it, it pairs real nicely, actually, with the series. To be honest with you, it's pretty sure it's to the point there's not a lot of building of much it's just kind of there the tournament and that really takes a back seat um it just kind of happens at the end but it, it works in the context of the tv show if you really like Cobra Kai you'll enjoy going back and revisiting these films or if you would never seen them before because it contextualizes a little bit like the the show shows you everything important out of all three of those movies and but going back and seeing some of that stuff it's good ralph Macchio's is good in it and you know it's if you can appreciate what they are and how they built a foundation for what i think is yes it's the cheesiest and maybe quote unquote like the worst show i watch but i freaking love cobra kai with all yeah, of my I, heart,
1: <laughs> I adore that series as well. It's it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So Cobra Kai, get into it. Go Karate Kids all over Netflix right now. I have never seen. I didn't even know there was a four, where it's uh, Ralph Macho's on it, but Hilary Swank is yep. in it um, with Pat with um, Mr. Miyagi. So that might be something I jump into. And I would love if like if it actually is reasonable ish if she made an appearance in season five it would be hilarious.
1: <laughs> I know. Well I think it's to the it's funny that it's to the point that she's actually the biggest star. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that's the big hurdle with getting her on the show. But by the same token, that show is phenomenally popular. Oh,
0: so. so good. That's so good. Guys, yeah. if I'm gonna make a recommendation for a binge worthy show, like i I think I've only ever seen Karate Kid one, maybe two. And I just jump feet first into the show. If you know Ralph, if you know like the the story, and they tell it all to you in the first. I just rewatched the first season. If I'm being completely honest with you, <laughs> after I watched those those, I've had a little bit of time at nights to burn. But yeah, it's 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 amazing. Go and watch it. Like you'll have fun with it. I guarantee it.
1: If you love the eighties, like, you'll have fun with
0: it. Yeah, this season, like I watched the first episode
1: and it didn't quite catch me. And I thought, oh, is this the one where they kind of fall off? And then ended up essentially binging the rest of Mm -hmm. it. Like Came back to it two days later and it's like, oh yeah, no, the magic is still there. I love this.
0: The fourth season breaks the formula of season two and three. Season two and three, I think, go about the builds and the fights and a lot of like the brawling and all that. This one steps away from that and goes back to more of the first season formula where Mm -hmm. it's the builds into the All Valley and all that. Um, where the seasons two and three are kind of the space in between. So it it actually bookends the first, the first four seasons have two nice bookends to them with a good meaty chunk in the middle. Yeah. No, I, I
1: can't praise that show enough. Mm. It's just, it's entertaining and it's light and it's it's just fun. That's the
0: thing. You can kind of turn your brain off and watch it. You know, all the acting's not perfect, but it, it's kind of, it's just great and cheesy and fun, like it's just a movie or a show you can go on, like Peacemaker. You can go on and just smile, just have fun with it. You don't have to judge it. You don't have to like dissect it to pieces. It's just there for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. Although I was distracted with Miguel's story in the in the. Th- in the last season because i was like oh they're totally setting it up to accommodate him filming
0: 100 <laughs> all these all these actors in this show are going on to bigger things some of them are have had some reasonable roles in the past but yeah you can see them moving pieces for sure once you i didn't really catch that but once you mentioned it to me i was like oh that's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah. makes perfect sense because i think they filmed seasons three and four back to back Oh, did they? I, or I don't know if it's three and four or four and five, but they filmed two seasons back-to-back oh, okay. during the pandemic. So um, I know that because I, I went and watched some of uh, Ralph Macchio and um, what's-his-name's uh, interviews that they did leading into this, and they're talking about some of the struggles of filming them back-to-back. Hmm, interesting. Well, I, I actually
1: don't mind that if it means we get season five sooner than later.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure exactly which one is – the back-to-back i'll see i'll tell you in a few few weeks once i've done my rewatch because i can tell you miguel is a lot different looking than he is in season four than he is in season one there's a, a huge change and you can see his the blue beetle coming out in him for sure in season four <laughs> it's got those scarab muscles man. yeah yeah they're, they're coming <laughs> anyways guys well that wraps it up for this week and our weekend nerd of course And again, it's been an absolute riot, just looking forward at the things that are coming, the things that are currently in front of us. And then what's next? You know, we've got more Book of Boba Fett. We've got more Peacemaker that we're going to be chatting about in the next few weeks. We're looking at other things too, guys. The beyond aspect of the space that we live in is is. Just really starting to fire on all cylinders with things like Dominion, building momentum, and of course the gaming side of things. And so we're going to be exploring all the different avenues as we walk through 2022 here, build into these MCU shows, more Star Wars, of course, DC, the pillar year that it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun here guys in the nerd room and we're going to come back at you every single thursday with a new episode and uh yeah so let's uh let's put a pin in it for this week guys and we're gonna we're gonna move on but if you'd like to be a bigger part of these conversations you can always email us at nerdrum at gmail.com you can find everything that we do over the nerdroom.net the hunt is real and it's building up over on instagram ian's finally got the password so he's going to be adding some content there <laughs> as well and we're gonna we're gonna focus our efforts there on, uh, on. putting some stuff up a couple times a week, so you can get some more insight as to what we're doing as we revamp and build out our nerd rooms, and as Carlos prepares for that onslaught of the Batman merchandise here. And, I'm scared, man. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm kind of scared for you. I'm more scared that <laughs> that your wife's gonna be hunting us down as we're leaving stuff on your doorstep that we find for you. and youtube guys we've got videos going up there at least once a week uh ian's put some really cool videos up in the past two weeks here he's got another toy sapiens tour that he did for spider man festival that is is awesome i've got another mcu marvel legends history of brief history of that is going up this week of the Falcon and Captain America. That's Sam Wilson. So that's going to be dropping on the channel at some point this week. And you can go back into the archives. You can see some of the collection tours, some of the vlogs that Ian's done, some of the toy hunts. So there's all kinds of diverse content there. So go over and give our channel a sub and Twitter. That's where you can find us right away, guys. We're usually hanging out there and our handles are at the end of the episode. So you can catch us, by just tagging us or using the hashtag we the nerd and uh and carlos man with with all that behind us and a whole world in front of us it's it's time to sign off so until next week for the nerd room i'm tim and i'm batman and you're gonna be batman all year long (laughs) all right broke yeah (laughs) broke man exactly all right guys we'll talk to you next week and thank you so much for entering the nerd room this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts tim troy Sanjay, and carlos on twitter at the nerd troy the boy 87 sunjabi and cdn caped crusade r for more content from the nerd room check out the nerd and don't forget to subscribe to the nerd room on itunes podbean spotify wherever you plug in use the hashtag #WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the nerd room on instagram and twitter